How's it going? This is the Green Machine Preview Show, and we are going to preview Ireland's imminent victory over Portugal. Am I right, chaps? I I think we'll get a nil-nil victory. Nick, like uh, I I I I don't want to just jump to the results straight away, but I I think I think there's going to be some form of success. I'm feeling positive. Good. Good. I'm glad you're feeling positive. You're like that's. You're like that's cute, Nick. That's cute. That's very cute. Bless you. If you were in front of me, I'd pat you on the head. <laughs> Martin, um, how feel confident? I think we'll have a one-one draw victory over there. I think we'll also see history. I think Ronaldo will inevitably score against Ireland uh, in the week he's had, um, and coming back to the Premiership. But I. I think we will. I think I can see us going one nil up for a set piece. I don't know. I've just got a feeling about it, um, and I and then it could be. But I think we'll get our hearts broken late on when Ronaldo turns on the power show, really. Um, but no, looking forward to the game, obviously. And you know, I, I know we were disappointed the last one talking about the squad and what the options Stephen Kenny's going to have. But I've I've kind of been on a few press conferences. I see Jason Malumbi, Adam Eder were spoken to yesterday in the media and all very promising. I see the team have arrived uh, in Faro uh, this evening and a training and stuff. So, um, yeah, it all seems quite positive within the group. And, uh, yeah, I just it'll be interesting now to see how they how they get on, on and, and the team he picks, which I know we'll be discussing. <laughs> the discussing or disgusting, who, who knows? Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously, big game coming up on Wednesday. This is this is a real. I mean, they're all they've all been testing, but this is a proper test now. Um, obviously, I don't know. I mean, I say jokingly, I can't see us getting anything from this game. If if I'm honest, uh, I mean, just looking at the squad, the the depth or the dirt of uh, the squad, shall we say, and. Um, yeah, I'm not not very hopeful. Too many, you know. Have you, looking at some of the press conferences? I mean, Kenny, we were kind of giving out about Stephen Kenny, sort of talking out about both sides of his mouth a little bit during, you know, um, his era, as if you will. But he's on about how he's picking players, and he's picking. He's worried about in the squad. He's worrying about players, and uh, you know basically boring themselves out because they're not playing all the time. And he wants players playing constantly all the time because that way, you know, they, they recover better because they're, they're, they're match fit, they're match sharp. And, you know, he's gone obviously gone for players like Harry Arter and Harahan and Jeff Hendrick who are not playing. And he's obviously overlooked someone like Gavin Kilkenny who was playing regularly for Bournemouth, although was substituted actually, or sorry, didn't get off the bench uh, on Saturday. Um, I mean, we've got three games as well coming up in very short succession. So it, it, it is it is worrying. And as you say, yes, Ronaldo is back in the Premier League. And I think the last time he played in the Premier League, he got 40 goals in the season. So uh, hopefully he doesn't do that again. So, um, obviously today we found out that Mark Travers has pulled out of the squad due to an injury. He didn't play over the weekend. And he's been replaced by Bohemian James Talbot instead of Darren Randolph. Now, this may have raised a few eyebrows, lads, but obviously it's come out that Darren Randolph, who's currently number three goalkeeper uh, at West Ham, is actually after getting a move, or sorry, he's trying to f- sort out a move away from the London Stadium, probably back to Middlesbrough again, actually. Um, do you think 
And having listened, I'm going off one here, and having listened to um, uh, Adamita talk about Cristiano Ronaldo and how some of the young lads are fighting over getting Ronaldo's jersey. Now, I don't know if that was a bit of a bit of crack or not, a bit of shite crack, to be honest. Uh, should we be worried with, with obviously our young players here? I mean, we're obviously going to go, we're going up against some very experienced players. We're going up against someone like Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, is, is this, uh, I mean, the, are, are we probably going to be in for a bit of a hiding? Do you think? Uh, I look, look, I mean, the whole argument is around the younger players. And I understand what Stephen Kenny's trying to do. He's trying to blood in the this gold, this you know, self-proclaimed no. gold generation of Irish players. There's a couple of ways of doing this. There is there is blooding in a small percentage of Irish players, uh, sorry, young Irish players, uh, in tangent with some more experienced players. He's gone full throttle in this campaign so far, and it it hasn't really paid off because if you look at some of the young players now. Travers was in force, wasn't it, against Serbia? Mm. And I mean, the, on logic, you have to, he, he should have gone for Gavin Bizzuno, who was playing, yeah. and he wasn't making mistakes either. And then you've got the likes of Jason Malumbi. So another player who, who hasn't really been playing or hadn't been playing at the time, hasn't really played up till recently and wasn't actually playing well either. But then you have, you know, the players who are probably appropriate to bring in. So the likes of Dara O'Shea. You know, he, he's well-able for international football. You can see he's a real quality player. Adam mm. Ida, although he's not playing, he's shown in any game he's played that he's he's physically well-able to play international football. And he could have a couple of international goals. Uh, Troy Parrott's another example, too. Again, domestically, um, starting to hit his groove a bit. But even when he wasn't playing well for, say, Ipswich or Millwall, he was, he was scoring goals against Andorra and he was actually putting in good performances against Hungary. So... He he hasn't gotten the balance right so far when it when it's come to introducing young players. And I think by name and even the likes of Nathan Collins, who hasn't played in a long time, uh, even even when he was with Stoke, he hadn't been playing. He's been on the bench for Burnley. I think he played in the League Cup. Andrew yeah. Omobamadeli, he, he's brought them. And I know I spoke about Kieran Clark, and I, I'm not going to go on about him again, but you have experienced players like that. You have experienced players who are available. You've even got the likes of Gavin Kilkenny, who's who's youthful and playing. And now he didn't play at the weekend, but he has played the last four or five. So logic has to come into it as well. And if you look at some of the top European sides, when they introduce top young players and try and immerse them, they do it, in ta- as I said, in tandem with, with um, experienced players. And those young players tend to be playing first-team football as well. So I, t- I don't think he's gotten the balancing act right. I mean, the, the best performance we've seen under Stephen Kenny was probably the Slovakia game away. And I mean, most of those, most of the starting lineup was actually senior players. Now, some of those senior players are gone. David McGoldrick is gone. A couple of those lads have fallen out of form. James McCarthy isn't available. There's talk he's going to be, he's going to come into the, the squad next month if he gets a bit of, of game time. But... I just think there's too much imbalance and I just don't think he's gone about it the right way. Like you don't introduce five or six youngsters into the starting lineup um, for a World Cup, you know, World Cup qualifier because results are everything in football and you have to make sacrifices if you're going to blood five or six young lads. But as far as I'm concerned, this is a World Cup that's after passing us by with, with this. It should have been done with more balance. And I'm just afraid the same is going to happen on, on Wednesday against Portugal. It's a game we need experience. We do need experience, and my fear is that the likes of Malumbi is going to start, who hasn't played, 
Um, the likes of Nathan Collins could even come in who hasn't played. And yes, they're very promising players. Yes, in the long term, it could benefit us. But I don't want to see my team go to, to Faro on Wednesday and get an absolute thumping because that's not too positive for the young lads either. Okay, some interesting points there, uh, Martin. Uh, do you feel that um, if we go uh, with a young team, um, a, yeah, an overwhelmingly young team, uh, we're going to get a hiding in Farrell? As I said, I think, I think we could, we are capable of nicking a draw out there. But my worry is, and I think I agree, you know, we, we are going to play young players. He, he's kind of had his hands forced with that. And he, he, he's had various degrees of success with what he's trying to do, introducing young players. I know he's, he always quotes how many debuts he's given since he's become manager and things. But my worry about it is, sadly, on reflection of the last game we played when we, we beat Andorra, um, you know, he, he did say he was seeing this as, you know, a bit of a long a, a break for the summer, but at least most of our squad were going to, obviously weren't going to be at the Euros. We're going to be getting a lot of game time in pre-season friendly. So it, it was in a way... in he was kind of seen it as an interrupted kind of international camp in a way, like because he was bringing them back. If you think about, you know, if you think of one of the, like a player from Ireland who, when they play like Shane Duffy, for example, his last, you know, played obviously against Andorra, I think it was. Then he's had a break, summer break. He's come back in, back to Brighton, playing pre-season with Brighton. This will be his fifth or sixth, seventh game maybe the season in a way. And it's again with Ireland. And I think, He's been quite unlucky that obviously injuries have affected him. Robinson's out. I know we've got some other players out as well who are actually the form players. He's been a little bit unlucky with that. My worry though is because he's had this, some of the players that he's actually had to call up into the squad, I think we'll run out of legs basically. Um, yeah. When it comes to 70, 80 minutes, when, you know, hopefully we're one them up or something like that. I just think that's when, you know, that's the tiredness comes in. Uh, you know, you start making mistakes and the concentration levels drop because the legs go. And he he, he has referenced this, that managing, like players managing their load, I think it's quite an interesting kind of concept and something a lot of fans perhaps don't think about is, you know, a player who hasn't played a long time, for example, like James McLean, hadn't played for ages. Then he played, I think it was against Qatar, he put so much into it. He's not probably the best example for this, but he put so much into it. a player who doesn't play for a long time. They put so much into that F, that that game because they're energized mm. and their body can't cope with it. Three days later, basically they they they're, they're gone for the game. Arc. And he said that's the that's the probably thing from this kind of sports science angle, which I've never really put too much kind of interest in, to be honest. I but. Um, that that's my that's my concern though. You know, we're gonna have players who they're just not playing at that level. They're not at that fitness level, and that's where we're gonna run out. And I think that's quite difficult. You know, he was asked, was he gonna sacrifice? I think he made the point of um, a game where or I read a really good piece about it. Ireland had a game under Mick McCarthy, and we we were to play Malta or something, and Mick kind of messed around, made five unfor- un- unforced changes. Yeah, you're over 20, yeah, for, we, yeah, we hammer, well, we didn't hammer, we had a great match against Yugoslavia yeah. in Dublin, and then we travelled to Croatia, and he made, uh, yeah, five changes, and basically what happened there was, we, we lost very cruelly to a Davos Suker goal in the 94, in the fourth minute of stoppage time, yeah. and, that was it. Yeah. That was, that was Mick's only free game campaign, I think, like, uh, like a qualifying, yeah, game, and, uh, game it was, that one. 
because of the war in the Balkans. And that was the circumstances, I think. What was it for? The war? Right, the who war. would have the sweepstake? The war. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the war in the Balkans. Well, it was, wasn't it, you cheeky <laughs> bastards? Um, that's what happens, you know? No, but um, oh, that, that's, that's the interesting thing about it. And, and Kenny was asked, like, like or, or what is Kenny's kind of solution going to be to this because this is a thing for international managers to think of is the load on their players and I can see players perhaps playing against Portugal I think you, uh, I believe you can still call people up if, or you know there's players on standby and things so that mm. may well be the case for this this campaign as well if people get injured and stuff we saw that with Travers already but um, yeah I think that's that, that's something obviously to folk to have a look at and think about as well well, I want to talk, okay, like, we'll talk about the load and managing load. I do understand that, and, you know, I'm, I'm not a sports science type guy, but I do totally get that, uh, you know, muscle memory and all that kind of stuff. I mean, so, obviously, in well, in goal, it doesn't really matter, uh, but our defence, Seamus Combs playing week in, week out for Everton, that's not a problem. John Egan, unfortunately, is playing week in, week out for Sheffield United. Shane Duffy, you know, although they did lose to Everton over the weekend, played 90 minutes. And you've got Darrell O'Shea, and you've got Ryan Manning who are constantly playing 90 minutes in the championship as well. So defence were okay. I, th- I think we can all agree there, lads. We're okay there, aren't we? I think I think we can get a strong 11. It's just, as Martin said, it's when we run out of legs because it's what... Yeah, I mean, Ro- match we might. Yeah, because, I mean, Ronan Curtis coming off the bench. I mean... It doesn't, doesn't strike the fear of God into you. Yeah. But, but let's have a look at the midfield, right? Just before we go on about 11. So Josh Cullen, although... Uh, they're not doing too great at the moment. And like, they've lost two games in a row. He played 90 minutes uh, in a one-nil loss to Genk. Um, uh, we have Jamie McGrath. He's playing 90 minutes in a nil-nil with John, St. Johnson, who's moved to the Premier League or championship has disappeared. A bit like Man United's title charge last season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Jason Lumby, unfortunately. But he's got the loan to West Brom, which is excellent news. And they're flying form, but he hasn't played yet. So right there. You've got a liability there um, with Jason Malumbi. Harry Arter, I discovered today, lads, that Harry Arter is right? <laughs> on 38 grand a week at Nottingham Forest. Um, they're trying to get him out of the club. They he, he just He's not injured for once, and they just don't want him there. That's what I've read online, and they, he's linked with a, a move to League One club, Charlton. Um, and they'll take a percentage of his wages. They sure that sure as God, Charlton will not be able to. to I don't know how much is thirty eight grand a week Charlton could afford. That's probably like their yearly uh, player salary. But anyway, um, and now here here's obviously another one. Conor Howrahan, uh, unused sub. He's gone to Sheffield United, but obviously that's come too late. And Jeff Hendrick who has not played in the Premier League this season, has played one 90-minute game in the League Cup. Uh, surprise, surprise. And, you know, you've got... So that's... Yeah, that's our six midfielders. So he's only got six midfielders picked, by the way. And then you have someone like... Obviously, we spoke about uh, Gavin Kilkenny. Now, he didn't play the weekend, but he was playing regularly. This is a, this is very worrying uh, to me. So he's got to play three in the midfield. He's only, you know, he's given him, he's double booked his midfield, so to speak. And only two of them have played 90 minutes. Just yeah. gone. We're in serious trouble here. And I don't want to yeah. sound like a negative Nelly. You know, if I want to do that, I'd just go on my page and go through some of the comments. But we have to be realistic here. And, 
yes, and some of it, from what I could see here, is yes, it's unfortunate. Obviously, Anna Brown has COVID. Sadly, um, J- James McCarthy. I mean, he's not in the squad. He's not. He's not playing for Celtic. Obviously, there's fitness issues there. He'll probably never play for us again. But then you have someone like Zach Elbuzetti, who's yeah. playing week in, week out for AIK. So if you want to go down the sports science route of it, like why are we for, why are we picked Harry Arta? I do not know. I think that's a slap in the face, quite frankly, for someone like Elbuzetti and Gavin Kilkenny. But still, you have those two lads in. They're playing a lot more regular football than the other guys. Obviously, Championship have far more fixtures already than the Premier League lads. So. You know, Kilkenny has a lot more games under his belt. So I don't know. It, to me, I just found that very, very bizarre. Like to pick just six midfielders and four of them are not playing. Yeah, I mean, like, but but when it comes down to it, Kilkenny's kind of the only exclusion. And, it, you know, it's very, very hard to, to swallow that as well because, I'll I mean, Arthur, well, well, LB said he's a winger. You know, I mean, if you're if you're looking in the middle, I mean, Jamie McGrath is an excellent player. I think he's very light, but I think he's actually well suited to international football. He can hold on to the ball. He can drive forward. He's technically good. He, he's actually the type of player that we don't kind of have. He's a good alternative. I don't know how he's going to fare. And I think I said this in, in the last episode. I mean, I think if, it, if a Premier League team or a championship team really wanted Jamie McGrath, he, he'd be gone by now. But But there's something to his game that they feel that he's missing over 90 minutes. And I think that's the reason. And then Arthur, Arthur's not playing. Arthur shouldn't be in the squad. But I think, like, Stephen Kenny has kind of hinted that, look, I haven't got any out-and-out holding midfielders except for Josh Cullen. And he's probably going to provide that cover. I don't think he's going to play. Gavin Kilkenny can play as a holding midfielder or as a box-to-box midfielder. Um, Malumbi's the, the, the big red flag for me. Because, I I mean, I've done nothing but praise Jason Malumbi for the last three or four years. But when I've seen him play recently... And when I say recently, I'm talking kind of kind of the tail end of, of last season for Preston. Mm. Very, very sloppy. Um, he's a guy that needs consistent game time because when he gets going, he's one of the standout players on the not standout oh, players on the pitch, but, but you player. but 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 you know you know he's there. Like he's full yeah. of energy, he's very technically good, he can get up and down the pitch. He reminds me of a of a mini Roy Keane. He'll never reach the heights of Roy Keane, but a mini well, Roy I'll, Keane. And obviously, just keep in mind, obviously, the reason why he was sloppy, because he wasn't Matt Sharp. Yeah, but 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 what I'm saying is he's a guy who needs games. So if he's coming into the Portugal match, and I think he's going to start, so if he's coming into the Portugal match having not played, uh, I, I'd have serious concerns. Where Gavin Kilkenny, who I've always felt was was a better player than Malumbi anyway, like he's a, he's seriously underrated, and and Eddie Howe just wouldn't give him give him a ride. Like that actually sounds a little bit. Uh, <laughs> give probably him a ride. He, probably because he's underage, but uh, well, not anymore. But but anyway. <laughs> I'll move on from that, but but I I felt I, I felt Kilkenny was always a much more rounded player yeah. than than Malumbi. But but the unfortunate thing for Kilkenny was he was playing for a Bournemouth team that was, um, you know, they were relegation candidates. They hadn't much depth in midfield, and they kind of hung on to him. Where Malumbi was with Brighton, relegation candidates, but they had the depth where they were able to loan him out. But when Malumbi doesn't have any match sharpness, he is very very sloppy. And in a World Cup qualifier against probably one of the best teams in Europe if not the world, you don't need a player like that starting. And as I said, if he had a bit of game, let's say he joined West Brom in, in, at the start of August and he had three or four games um, mm-hmm. under his belt. And even if he was sloppy in those games, I'd say, well, at least he has a bit of sharpness. I'd have a lot of concerns there. And that's a common sense approach where you say, well, Gavin Kilkenny, he's uncapped, but he's playing. 
and he's a good player. He's physically well able and and he's technically really good. Why not give him a bash? You know, it's just it's it's simple little calls like that that if these results don't go to plan. And look, Portugal could we could play unbelievably and Portugal could still beat us because they're Portugal. But it's those little calls mm. that cause people to question Stephen Kenny. I mean, I'm looking here, uh, Martin, at his um, his options, and they're incredibly limited. Now, uh, the only other he's not on the list actually, but uh, Sami Schmodix is that how you say his name? I think it's Schmodix, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Hungarian yeah, lad. He's playing in the in the championship. Like he played 90 minutes in a one 0 loss to West Brom. Now he he was injured, um, wasn't he? he? He he he's carrying an injury there, and he's only come back to the squad. He played 25 minutes um, against Preston last week and the weekend. He's he's uh, he's played 90 minutes, but I'm looking here, and he doesn't have a lot of options. But surely to God, like Harry Arthur, your your best pal, you know, someone like I I know I keep going on about him, and it's not personal. I just I just I just can't get my head around it. But do you think just looking at this? See, I think what he's going to do here, lads, right, and Martin, I'll get your opinion on this, and then, then yourself, Nick. What I think he's going to do is I think he's going to go with, like, he's just going to, he's going to basically have three different midfields um, for each game, basically. Because I think he's going to just go for it in the first match and then basically change it over to the Azerbaijan match and then go for the Serbia, you know, the whole workload thing. So I don't think I don't see really what else he's going to do because I know he's he's very into that, isn't he? Because we suffered uh, big time against Qatar with that. Uh, sorry, not Qatar against Luxembourg when we played the same team. So what I think he's going to do is I think he's going to go with obviously the three he's going to go against Portugal, which I I I, I see it being Josh Cullen. Obviously, I think he's going to go, and I hate this word. I really, really hate this word, um, especially with some of our players. But I think he's going to go with experience. And I think he's got to go with Carter Howard and Jeff Hendrick. I have this horrible feeling in my stomach. Um, what say you, Martin? Yeah, I, I was just thinking about, like, it's, it's a good point with saying about the three different midfields. And, you know, I know I just said about, I know you said he's going to go for it against Portugal. I think he's going to be quite cagey. I think he'll take a draw right but to be honest uh, you know that'd be a good result let's be very honest um i think he's 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 got to be thinking that yeah it'd be great to qualify but it's not going to happen let's be honest we've he's trying to work for the future uh hopefully he's still in the job so he needs a positive performance might not get the result we might have a hard luck story but i think he will he's got to look at the three games and say the most unlikely one we're going to win is the first one away. It's the toughest. And he's not going to throw everyone at it. I think he will go really experienced with it because I think he'll trust, maybe not Arta. I think he will go with Horahan, Hendrick and Cullen. Yeah. Go with that because I think he'll trust that they will, they'll be experienced enough not to get exposed like by, well, we hope, by the cleverness of Bruno Fernandes and Ronaldo dropping off and the cleverness of them. When they want to play and open you up, they will. But I think they'll think they won't suck in them to the mistakes maybe that a younger, younger inexperienced player may make. I think he's going to go really, really solid. I, I think he'll... Um, and he'll go very experienced. And I think that's, that's the way he's going to approach it. And, and hope to nick something 
I think Horgan will play as well. Uh, I think he will. Um, you know, I, I, I think he does like him, and I think he's going to be one of them. I think we're going to be we'll be playing on the counter attack. We're not going to have a lot of the ball, but it's going to be that transition of when we break if we get the ball, or a little bit like do you remember when Aaron Connolly only flashed a chance when we missed a chance in the game when he was kind of on the scene, yeah, and he went through, didn't he? And he just yeah, I thought he scored <laughs> a little bit like that. That that's how we're going to play. We're going to play that. Quick transition. If we can get break on them when they're pushing forward, that that's that's going to be our outlet. So Con, Adam, Ida, uh, and Horgan, I think, could be the ones for that. Uh, well, although I don't know where Parrot's going to fit into that, so maybe it could be Parrot instead of Ida. But um, I think with the midfield, though, which is kind of what we're talking about here at this specific time, um, I think he will go with trusted because I think he'll just go with their experience on it and just be really, really solid. And no, we're not going to have a lot of the ball and just be really tight and compact around our box. I can just see us really just sitting there and trying to be compact. And I I think that what he'll do then in the in the games after, which are probably more winnable, is that's when he'll play, he'll try and be a bit more expansive. And so I don't think he'll throw everyone at it uh, for the first game. Fair. Um, let's have a look at our forwards. <laughs> it doesn't get any better, lads. <laughs> I could tell you that. No, it doesn't. Uh, do you know, but do you know the point I was just thinking about there? Like, even though I've named those three forwards, I'm saying, you know, the experience of Shane Long in this situation is perfect to an away game like this. Because Shane Long, well, you're not going to have a lot of the ball. Shane Long will get you free kicks because he's clever. You know, the ball comes up to him, mm-hmm. he'll just fall and get. He, he's he's so clever and experienced. I wouldn't be surprised to see him playing this because he did play well in the last game as well when he came on um you know i, I don't know was it the andorra game it was the other one when he got he assisted james collins goal didn't he um but yeah so it's is that kind of you know is is this going to be too overwhelming for a, a, a case of form player uh troy parrot or form forward in a way but then is he he could just go and be anonymous in this because they could just swallow him up same as adam Eder as well just swallow them up. They're, they're so experienced, these defenders. Whereas Shane Long could actually be clever enough to think when the ball comes up, yeah, I'll get touched and break up the play. I mean, Damien Duff and Roy, uh, Robbie King were brilliant at that over the years. This is a game um, it, yeah. that's, crawl, that's crying out for like someone like David McGoldrick. Yeah, it, it's just to this, break it up and stuff because we're yeah. going to be back against the wall with an awful lot in this. Yeah, I would have loved, like, this is where you really want some of the experience today, McGoldrick, to sort of, you know, just come in, um, get involved and, you know, just back to goal and try to, you know, create some chances, create space, that something he was he was terrific at doing and very underrated at. Um, You're right. And the other thing, though, is about the difference with I would have showing long above Collins, because Collins isn't at that level. He doesn't. You, I've seen him no. get the ball on the halfway line, go down, look for a foul and stuff but he's just not convinced he doesn't convince the ref enough of it he's too big sadly if kenny if kenny goes with, if kenny goes with collins he's undoing what he's trying to achieve yeah he is yeah. because i mean collins collins is your journeyman big massive lump of a striker that we've been trying to move away from for years and years and years and if he goes with that you're you know trying to play it on the ground like in my opinion you don't just play it on the ground. You mix it up. You pick and choose your, your, you know, your, your moments where you go long. But if you're going to do that, you play with Shane Long up top, or you play with, I don't know, like Adam Ida did very well, kind of, kind of playing, um, kind of playing on the shoulder against Hungary. 
And then Aaron Connolly, like I'm not a fan of Aaron Connolly, but he does have that pace to, to get in between. And, you know, Portugal have probably won the best center halves in the world in Ruben Diaz. Yeah. And Pe- Pepe, of course, as well is in there in there too. I don't think think don't think he retired from international football. Uh, no, he's still still playing for Portugal. So yeah, I mean, football, yeah. yeah. So so they need pace. They need pace. And my fear is that he goes with Collins, and you know, with the expectation that he's going to ho- hold the ball up. I mean, Collins, even though he's big, he's never been exceptionally good in the air. Collins has always been a bit of a poacher. That's where his success has been. But at this level, he he's not going to get the same opportunities as he would have in League One or League or um or in the Championship. So, I agree with Martin there. You you need to go for pace and experience. So long, I know that people might be very happy with that, and especially after us giving out about players not getting game time. But with that experience, I I, I think he could be the man to actually to kind of spearhead it. Or Aaron Connolly just to have the pace. Now Aaron Connolly will probably miss a heap of chances for us, but he, I think he's he's a better chance of breaking up that Portuguese defense than. Than James Collins or even Adam Ida. So you you think you lads think it's going to be Shane Long? I mean, I, I see the logic of playing Shane Long. It could be like the last roll of the dice for Shane Long. Really, it's just because obviously we don't have anyone else playing. I'm 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 trying I'm trying to get into sports science part of it as well. He he's not playing for Southampton. Uh, he wasn't in the squad over the weekend. Um, but he probably give you a good sixty minutes. If I'm like, like there's no way there's no way Shane Long should be starting this game but like as, as you said Paris in, in a game like that Parrot and Ida are going to get swallowed up I think Ida you know to be fair to him he does have that balance where he's a big guy but he's actually very pacey and he's very technically yeah, yeah. good Collins Collins isn't going to offer anything he's not going to offer anything oh. um, I think like if it was me I perhaps because I look Kenny's Kenny's going to go for the same setup that he he did against Ser- Serbia and that he did against Hungary. He's going to go three at the back. He's going to go two up top. I think we're going to see Ida and Parrot, and I think you do get a degree of balance with that. I think Parrot will just run directly and drop a bit deeper, and then Ida will be the kind of as I said the bigger option over the top, but also able to to chase him behind because he is fast. Um, so I don't yeah. think that's going to be the I don't think that'll be the answer, but I think that's what Kenny's actually going to go for. And I wouldn't have a problem with that because it would actually, I'd have a lot more confidence in in Kenny because that's what he wants to do going down the line. You know, he's that's what he wants. That's the partnership he might see down the future. And I think he could he can give them both sixty minutes, couldn't he? And they might get swallowed yeah. up, and he could turn around and we lose lose two or three nil, and he could say, "But I've seen something, and they they'll learn so much from that experience." And this is why we went. For it. I see them as the future, and that's that's not being out of order to the, the other strikers and stuff, but he goes, these are my two main strikers at the moment. I believe in them. Troy Parrott couldn't drop him for the, you know, the two goals and stuff. This is what it brings to it. I mean, in that scenario, of course, then you, you, you've got that experienced player, Shane Long, to come on late on when yeah. the legs are kind of gone on the others. Get him to run for, for 60 minutes. That, yeah. that's, it could what, what, what annoys What annoys me is he wouldn't pick Long when he was playing. And now that he is playing, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now that he's not playing, he's actually selecting him. Like that, that again, it's just... It's but just like, the constant Robinson, hypocrisy. If Robinson was available, and I think is there, there's a likelihood of Robinson coming in, isn't there? For the yeah, he's he's um, him and Brown will be back for Saturday. So, but you can only name twenty three men on the day, I think, isn't it? Twenty three, I think they normally yeah. have. Well, I'd yeah. imagine Curtis. I'd imagine Curtis would be gone, and yeah, and probably Harry Archer. Yeah, but he started him, didn't he? That's the problem. He started him the last time against Andorra, so he does something. Mm. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just such an interesting. 
the thing. I know, like we were saying, the strikers is kind of the one where, oh God, which way is he going to go? But, you know, I always think back to Horgan scored in the last game against Andorra. Um, you know, he, he's got that energy about him. And, you know, we said in the last podcast we did about, you know, he's, he's, he doesn't tear it up at club level. But it's something about him when he plays for Ireland, he comes alive and he he, he seems to be better playing for, for Ireland. And he has See, that I, energy, I, and I think pace. My, my thing about Collins as well that if you're going to play him as a big man up front, you've got to get the ball, get the ball to him. And we haven't, we haven't got the service at the moment. The way they're going to line up, I don't think that we don't. We're not going to have a lot of the balls to be able to actually whip the ball into him, which he's going to thrive on. So it's be pointless playing him. I think. I'd love to see. I I'd love to see him go brave. I, I really would. I I'd love to see him go with the the three lads like. Uh, I'd up front with Parrot and Conley behind them and those three lads and you know uh, as I said I mean just be brave you know do do this you know be as brave as you promised you were going to be I, I think if Callum Robertson comes back it'll be instead it will be instead of Shane Long I like to you know you can see someone like Daryl Horgan coming on with 20 minutes to go and just giving us something that little bit different. He's physical. He's he's very you know he's a he's a small lad, but he's he's built like he's you know he's he's a handful, isn't he? When he comes on, and you know he's that impact sort of player. Like he could do something. He could give the Portuguese uh, a whole different set of problems. You know that oh we're not used to this. You know he's very physical as well. I'd be fantastic to see. It's just a midfield lads for me. That's my major worry. You know. Uh, we're missing some quality there. Obviously, we, we don't have Callum Robinson, and if he does come in, I reckon he will come in for Shane Long. And I would love to see him just be brave with it. And if we did get it, you know, a bit of a not hiding, but like you know, if we were well beaten, but like the the lad showed because look, you can go to you can play these top teams and you can lose convincingly. Like I, I think I'm always doing this now. I, I think of the match against Argentina when we lost two 0 in '98. Robbie Keane made his first home debut. And I say he made his home debut, and we kicked off from that. The McCarthy year kicked off from that two 0 loss to Argentina. So you can have positive, you know, like shoots, green shoots coming out of these things. And that's why I was hoping he was going to go brave with Kilkenny. I never thought in a million years he'd have Arthur in the squad. I know I keep mentioning, I keep zoning in on him, and you know, I I think obviously Hendrick and um, I keep Powerhand because he's obviously. You know he's useful, but like someone like Kendrick and and uh, I, uh, Harry Arthur, I just don't think should be anywhere near the team. To to be honest, so I'd love to just see him just give these young lads a go and get a positive performance. Because listen, we're not going to qualify, right? We're not going to qualify for for the World Cup. All we're going to get, all we the best we can get out of this is a good strong finish and some good young players coming out of this to kick on for the European Championships for the twenty twenty four Euros. You know, um, so Nick, you're you're you you are are well, you're our Portuguese Irish person. So, <laughs> um, so tell us, um, we're other than Cristiano, we all know about Cristiano Ronaldo. What are Portugal? Where are they going to hoard us? How are they going to try and expose us? Other than hoping that Harry Arter starts. Yeah, it, it'll be the width. I think they're going to look at that back three, which I do think Kenny's going to go for, and they're they're going to just look to exploit that. You know, it's it's going to be a lot of ball down down the down the kind of wide channels. I think Ronaldo's going to play more central, but you'll probably see him receiving the ball very very wide, 
just attacking that space. I mean, Bruno Fernandes as well. They've 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 so much talent. You know, uh, Danilo Pereira, like a PSG player, like he just controls everything from the middle, and everything kind of goes through him. So we would need someone kind of closing him down to kind of stem all the flow uh, of, of what he kind of creates because he is that deep line playmaker. You know, and I think, as I said, all eyes will be on Ronaldo. But I mean, I mean the likes of even Rafa Silva who plays for Benfica. The likes of Diogo Jota, if he's playing kind of wide, the likes of Andre Silva, who plays for for Leipzig. I mean, these guys can hurt us as well. But but I do think that they're really going to try and exploit the width. And Ronaldo will be dropping back. I think he will be dropping into the wide positions just to receive the ball because they know they know there's going to be space out there. And um, you know, as I said, like they they can be they can be a real kind of um, hit and miss team, Portugal. You know, like they I think they just scrape past Azerbaijan. Um, in, in 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 March, you know, and I think Luxembourg, I think we're leading them for a while. So they are a team that we could catch in the hop, but it really depends how we set up. Like if we set up really really negatively, um, and we try and stifle them, and we go with four at the back, maybe two banks of four, like a four four one one or something, then they might find it hard to get a bit of joy with us. But I think they'd eventually break us down if we go with five at the back and we have whatever two wing backs so one man on each wing um we're in trouble we're in serious trouble because as i said ronaldo will drop in wherever he wants wherever the space is that's where ronaldo's going to be playing and the width will be where the space is and he can hurt us from anywhere and if it's a thing that he's not getting getting any joy down the middle he will drop drop into the you know he will drop into the the onto the wing and then he's up against james mclean or he's up against uh either matt doherty or seamus coleman and you know i think i think we'll be in a bit of trouble but yeah, they're a very flary team, very, very experienced. I mean, you know, you've got Pepe there, 38 years of age. You've got Ronaldo, of course, 36 years of age. So, Germantino uh, as well, 34. So, they're, they're seasoned campaigners, very technically good. A word I've kind of overused today already. But, um, you know, it's, 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 I'm, I'm nervous about it. Like, they're, a, you know, they're a team I've, I've I naturally track because obviously I've, I've, uh, Portuguese heritage, so I've always kept a bit of an eye on them. At the, at the Euros, you know, they, they can kind of run out of ideas very quickly. But, but you know, at, at the same time, they just, um, they've so much uh, potency uh, all over the pitch, even even at fullback, you know, just just all over the pitch, they can hurt us. And I'm very, very nervous about this one. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously, these lads are, like, you, you know, more about, um, I've had enough time to scout Ireland, never mind Portugal. Um, but it sounds as though if they're quite an aging side and they are struggling, I mean, surely to God, this is a perfect opportunity to go at them and have a I, real go at them and play the young, the youthful exuberance and know, just say, look, if, let's play without fear. Yeah, but it, but if you look at these aging players, you've Pepe still doing a job for, for Portugal. Cristiano Ronaldo is probably the best player in the world, along with Lionel Messi. Jay Martino, I only watched him yesterday for Wolves and he was, he was excellent against Manchester United. So these these older lads are... <laughs> You know, are still some of the yeah. some top European players. So, and then as I said, like this is only you know you've got Bernardo Silva in there. You you, you do have young lads. You've Andre Silva, who I've mentioned already, Jogo Jota. So you, you do have these young lads kind of spread around them. The way that we should be setting up, you know, like if we are going to have youthful players, we need to have that bit of experience around us. Now, they're the other extreme. And as I said, like you've, you've three players there: Pepe, Jamatino. Cristiano Ronaldo, three players who who have really looked after themselves. You know, I don't think any of them drink. Ronaldo and Pepe certainly don't. I don't know about Germantino, and and they're they are, you know, lads. yeah. So they're they're absolute workhorses. So I I wouldn't um, 
you know, I, I, I wouldn't be saying, well, we'll get a young Aaron Connolly to run at Pepe. Um, that, you know, that'll that'll stifle them. You know, it's it's these are seasoned pros, as I said. Sports science has come on leaps and bounds. So these guys have looked after themselves, and and I wouldn't be, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be confident coming up against the older lads. To be honest, especially not Ronaldo. I mean, you can't, Jesus. I mean, it's it's no. Cristiano Ronaldo. No, he's he's incredible. As, as you know, Jesus, like, I mean, I'm looking back at their group. I mean, the group so far, I mean, they did scrape through winning against Azerbaijan 1 0 as an own goal. They drew 2 0 with Serbia um, after being 2 0 up. So they can switch off. That's the only thing. And, and the only other thing, I think, although I'm kind of giving the argument of I think we'll run out of legs, the only thing I'm hoping for is that they'll, they're going to struggle and to get going as well. And it, it could be absolutely awful. It, I wouldn't mind if it was, you know, it could be two teams struggling to kind of get going or not really motivated to kind of get going and have a go at each other. Yeah. What, I, yeah. what, I, what, I would say, what I would say about them is um, they can be problematic for themselves. You know, like yeah. even the even the game against Belgium in the Euros, like they they now it's of course it's Belgium. I mean, if you look at their their squad, I mean it's one of the best in the world, aren't they? Ranked number one in the world. Mm, yeah. But I mean, like they 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 run out of ideas and get frustrated very very easily, and they are one of those teams that you know egos on yeah. But, well, um, well, some of them now. To be fair, I think there there's some good honest pros there um, in the Portuguese side, but I mean. Unlike us, where we raise our game when things aren't going well or going to plan, like the Portuguese can drop off very, very easily. And as I said, I've I've been watching them for years, and, and they are one of those teams. I don't know if it's a, if it's a Mediterranean thing or or what it is or a continental thing, but but when 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 they get frustrated, you know, they can't throw their toys out of the pram, and and we are a good team to stifle them, um, if we set up correctly. So if if we do, as I said, if we go with two banks of four. I can see them finding it very, very difficult to play us if we go with five at the back. Now, we could go five at the back and play with two wingers. So we could go like a 5-4-1. So that might be a solution. But if we go with three at the back and three in midfield and two up top, we are screwed. Like we're in serious trouble. You reckon a good old-fashioned 4-4-2? Well, uh, maybe a, a four four I'd, one. I'd, I'd, I'd go with like a four five one, or if we are going three at the back, I go for a five four one because you just have the two the two banks and the yeah. width is covered. Like you need two men out, out wide against Portugal. If you have a wing back, if you have Matt Doherty on his own out wide, and you have and you have him getting covered by Jason Malumbi and possibly Seamus Coleman coming from centre half, then players are just going to get dragged out of position. The Portuguese will exploit that. Like they're all passing move Portugal. I don't know. Like, we'll get a hat trick. <laughs> yeah, well, that, like, like that's the reality. Like that, that's that's my big concern. Where I think if, if like, what, what I'd love to see, and I think most of Ireland would disagree with me on this. Like, if you had, if you had Seamus Coleman playing right back and Matt Doherty playing kind of a, as a deeper right midfielder, and then like, I mean, look left back, we're a little bit. I think we're a bit in trouble, and I think he'll actually go three at the back just to accommodate James McLean. But if you have Ryan Manning playing left back and then James McLean, who, as I said, I never wanted to see him play on the wing for Ireland again. But if you have him playing on the opposite wing, imagine trying to get up a wing with Matt Doherty and, and Seamus Coleman on one side and then James McLean and Ryan uh, Manning on the other. And then if you have a, you know, if you have three lads in the midfield who, who will battle away, like fair enough, put Malumbi in there, put Cullen in there, maybe a Harahan or a, or a Hendrick. Like, I know mm. Hendrick does, doesn't get up too much, but, he, but you know, he can... You know, he is good at standing still like a statue, isn't he? 
So I mean, if you if it, so, yeah, but the, the, and that's where Horahan could be the one that you know, like then you know when he gets the ball, it's a quick transition, releasing the forwards, you know, the pace of the play because that's our hope, you know. I mean, and I mean, and I think not, you know, we have we're going to have chances well for set pieces, I think as well, and they can switch off from them, you know. I think that's another thing, you know. We you just don't, you know, we just don't know, you know, it's, it's so so difficult. But but yeah. I, I think we've got to stick with them early, and you know. Be really concentrated and and competitive, you know. And that's where I would like to see James McLean play. Not be reckless. I think he's clever enough now. But you know, just good, strong, honest tackle. Get in amongst them, basically. You know, you can't let the likes of Bruno Fernandez, if he starts, and Jota get on the ball and and then time to pick their passes and stuff like that. Yeah. You, you've got to kind of be on them. And I think that's where you're going to need the legs in the midfield. And you know, I know he's our favourite person to kind of moan about, but Arta. He's just never been at that level to do that. Like he had, I know he, when Bournemouth first came up into the Premier League, he had the season. And I know it's well documented the sad kind of personal tragedies he had at that time, and he played a brilliant game the near think against United or or even Man City and stuff. But um, you know, I, I've just never been a I've never been a fan of his to kind of understand what the hype was all about him. Um, no, I never saw what he did. He's, 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 he's one of these lads who just didn't adjust to the international game. Like he was, he was doing well in the Premier League. Like they were saying, England were going to call him up. Yeah, he believed his own yeah. hype, though. I think he's one of them. He just yeah. got into the uh, and thought, oh, I'm going to play for Ireland now because I'm, I've been called up for Ireland. I'm going to walk into that team. And he just was never any good, not good enough. Basically, he never got going with Ireland. So, um, and and that's what sadly that's where we're, what we're relying on in a way, um. Certainly as backup, but God, I hope he does. he can't start. He, he just can't. If he I don't starts, think he will. I don't. If he starts, if he starts, Nick, you'll hear me from Malahide. <laughs> you'll hear me from Malahide if he starts. I mean, sweet <laughs> mother of Jesus. I can't. I, I, I honestly think like I, I see the logic with Arthur, and it's not very good logic. But I do, but I, I do think Kenny, I do think Kenny is looking at Josh Cullen and saying, okay, he's my holding midfielder. Of course. And, and, and hold on. So I, he's, he's the holding midfielder and he's thinking, I need cover for my holding midfielder. James McCarthy isn't available. Gavin Kilkenny, he's probably saying, okay, he's still a bit raw. Malumbi isn't quite a holding midfielder. So you don't really have any, apart from, you know, unless he goes and calls up fucking Glenn Whelan. You know, you're, there's, no, there's no other available holding midfielder out there. For Ireland to select, but I, like there but, isn't. So, I, but I don't think, I don't think, I think Arthur's there as the cover. Like there's, I, there's no one, there's no one. Unless I, he calls I, up, I, unless he calls up James McCarthy, there's no other out and out holding midfielder that will be able to hold their own um, at international level. And like Arthur's not gonna, Arthur's not gonna be, you know, the answer or whatever. But he's got whatever twenty. No, no, hold on. But he's got twenty international caps. He can provide cover. He's not gonna play. He's not gonna play a minute against Portugal. <laughs> I don't know now, Nick, because I didn't think he was going to get in the squad. I was looking forward to deleting him from his spreadsheet and the fuckers back in. Um, <laughs> I would rather, I don't see, yeah, I, I know what you mean. And, and yeah, you're, you're being a devil's advocate there, obviously, for, for Kenny, why he's gone with this. Um, I don't see any logic in obviously picking Harry Arter. I would rather go with untapped potential. Or pure raw potential against Portugal, uh, though. Well, no, for cover, for cover. Yeah, fair enough. In, yeah, fair in enough. the squad for cover, you know. 
Look, it might be a case of, ah, uh, look, we're 2-0 down, go on there. Like, you know, make your, you know, this is a great occasion for you. Enjoy it. You know, it'd be probably a packed stadium. Is it a packed stadium in Faro? Do they have restrictions over there? I don't, think, don't think so, no. Yeah. Oh, it's like, grab them in. <laughs> that 11,000. So, right, to, so. to, to, to be honest though, and sorry, sorry, Dev, I know I know you're going on the point of, of having a different hold midfielder, but I personally, as an Ireland fan, I, I don't want that approach. I it's it's still like fair enough, we're all saying we're not going to the World Cup, but this is one of those opportunities or one of those games where we have to actually just scrap. Like we we have to scrap because we, we are good at scrapping and like yeah, this, the, the good the nice style of football, save that for Azerbaijan, save that for yeah, the yeah. for the teams that we should be beating. But but against the likes of Portugal. This is still the World Cup. I mean, as an Ireland fan, I, I, hold on, David. As an Ireland fan, I, I, I don't want this to slip us by. I don't want us to slip us by easy and say, and say, look, this is for building. This is, you know, but, this but, is for building. But it is, I, for, I, but it is I, for building, Nick. It is I know, for building. I, I know, but we have to, we have to, we have to who, who are you gonna, who, Who's going to scrap for us? Jeff Hendrick? Timothy? Well, James, James, gonna, McLean, James McLean will scrap for us. There's a lot of lads who will. But, but, he, he, but he only plays 37 minutes. But you only play seven still, minutes. Like, he's still going to scrap for us. Yeah. But like, I, mean, I don't think. Like, I, I don't got, think we can. You've got to scrap in the midfield. You don't want to be scrapping in defence because then, like you know, that's last ditch stuff. If you're going to scrap, you have to battle in the midfield. The midfield. Yeah, but, I, but I don't. But I. I don't think going into a World Cup qualifier against Portugal, where technically we can still qualify. We're saying, go on, lads, have a go, because that, that's not the right mentality. No. Because I because. Think- because it's another World Cup passing us by. It's basically just just saying, well, fuck that. Like we're not going to qualify. Let's no, just but, let's just give the young lads a I shot. Think, no, we, we can't. We can't have that mentality. We we could go to Portugal and get a oh, point. No, 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 no. I have said from the outset, right, and I'll say it again, is that I didn't expect us to qualify. I expected a total rebuilding phase. I expected the phasing out of the likes of Hendrik, of the likes of Arthur, Brady, and McCarthy, and all that to bring in these young lads and uh, we find ourselves in the autumn literally in the autumn and the autumn of the campaign well actually more halfway point of the campaign but we'll be autumn once this little three match period is finished and we're bringing these guys back in we've gone we've gone 180 you know we've gone well sorry 360 actually i've got that arse about face haven't i but we, we seem to have gone 360 we've gone back to where we where we started from and i just think with this game Look, I would rather go with the untapped potential of Gavin Kilkenny than going with the cover, uh, going with someone like Harry Arthur. He probably won't even make it off the plane without getting injured. <laughs> Not on him or get onto the train, get off the training pitch without getting injured. I'd rather give that lad a chance as co- just as cover, because obviously Josh Cullen's going to play in that position. There's no point in bringing Harry Arthur. There's no merit in bringing Harry Arthur. And when he comes back, right, if he does get, get playing, he's going to be a 29 year old playing in League One. I'd rather go to the twenty year old playing in the championship. Do you know what I mean? Like I I, I know it's the World Cup, but this is what we've got to go through. We do have to sort of like take a few hidings, take a few licks, you know, and give these young lads a chance to give them that to give them the experience. Forget about the other lads. Get rid of them. They're the deadwood. Give these young lads the experience. And if we do get a bit of a hiding, so what? Learn from it. And build that team, and we did it under Mick, you know, in in '96. We took hidings from Portugal, from Holland, you know, from Russia in the first game. We had to; we, these young lads had to get a few fuck, had to get a few bruises, you know. And then eventually, we got that result against Argentina, Tina, the two 0 We we got 
keen. We got Duff into the team, and all of a sudden, like we just we we kicked on. We just we're suffering and we're kind of going nowhere. That's my point. But and I don't I don't care, lads. Sorry, let you come in, Martin, in a second. Sorry, I don't care if we qualify for the World Cup or not. In terms of the rebuilding phase, we have to rebuild. I, that doesn't bother me. I'm happy to wait. I'm happy to sacrifice this. I was I, happy. I I think I think it's time to rebuild when when it's confirmed that we can't go. I think until then we have to plan as though we're trying to qualify for a World Cup. Uh, I, I, a World, I the that... World Cup is huge. Like, I mean, lads, how many, no. like 10 years, 20 years, Jesus, 20 years we've gone without a World Cup. We can't All use right. this. Uh, we can't use this as a rebuilding process yeah. until until it's no. a foregone conclusion. I, but but listen, but okay, right. So we, we piece together a team. We do a Martin O'Neill. We put a bit of a last plus on it. We try to qualify and then, you know, do nothing really in the World Cup. Or we use this time to do something we should have done a long time ago. And we should have actually put in the foundations. And yeah, okay, we'll lose a few matches. I don't, I don't care about that. I mean, we might not no, qualify. No, we, we, we do we do we can't to get set, there. We do we, we do we can't to get up, there. And when it's confirmed that we team. can't go, then we try and rebuild. So you're saying that he should just go with the experience, lads. And Absolutely. Then... He needs to give us the best part. Because like, that Serbia team that we're going to play next week are shite. Right. They're shite. We should have beaten them in Belgrade. Yeah, we, we should have beaten them Belgrade. We, we should we should have seen it through. It's still alive, so I I don't think we can sacrifice. It's a World Cup. It's a big deal, and I think yeah, even for Kenny, I think even for Kenny's World Cups though. But Nick, that's what I'm saying. Like, all right, we we tried to qualify for this one. We we get we get on the you know we get the 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 older lads in. And by the way, you know we're on about Kenny being so experimental. He hasn't been that experimental. He still has, you know, he still had the Hendricks, the Harahans. He wouldn't bring Cullen in for ages. So I I think we're sort of. We're getting a bit, you know, he hasn't been that experimental. And when he's been experimental, uh, it's actually because it's been forced on him, such as the goalkeeping situation. So let's not get carried away there. He hasn't been as experimental as I want him to be, actually. I wanted him to be a lot more experimental and clear out the dead wood. There will be more World Cups, Nick. There will be more World Cups. Nah, with, with that, though. You can... Yeah, but this, is, but this is the thing, though, lads. But this is what we've missed out on. And this, you know, this is why we went for the Trapatonis, wasn't it? Instead of trying to build a team for the future, right, we'll give you, like, four million quid a but year you can, or whatever. No, but, but the thing and is... And the same with O'Neill. And that's no, why we're like, in the fucking situation. We're in you can, you, can sporadically, you can sporadically introduce youth when appropriate. So, like, the likes of Daryl O'Shea, he, he's ready. He's more than ready. Troy Parrott, yeah, domestically, I know why people think... Why is ready, he, though, Nick? Because he got games. Daryl O'Shea, yeah. Because he got, he's, he no, got but games he's getting, yeah. yeah, but he's getting... No, but like, the thing with Kenny is, he's going to bring in the likes of... Because got bombed out of Celtic, so he yeah. got games in front yeah, of but, him. Yeah, but hold, hold on. But but Kenny's going to bring in the likes of Malumbi, and he's going to bring in the lads who aren't playing. Like, Daryl O'Shea is playing every week for West Brom. I think he's got two two goals already this season. He was actually a very good player for them last season, even, yeah. even, though, they got, even though they got relegated. Troy Parrish, in, even in the last episode, we spoke about players who mightn't perform domestically, but they just click with international level. I think Troy Parrish is one of them. So you could bring the, the two of them lads in and do it concurrently with the experienced lads because you can't just bring, you know, seven or eight young lads. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You, can, you, can't just, you, you can't just bring seven or eight young lads in against Portugal or against Serbia. You have to, it's, it's a World Cup qualifier. You have to do what you can to qualify. And yeah. when it's a foregone conclusion, that could be tomorrow night or on right. Wednesday night. That could be a foregone conclusion on Wednesday night if results um, don't go our job. way. 
well, he might be out of a job. And the fact that, you know, tomorrow, like if this window goes bad, he might be out of a job. I hope that's not the case, by the way, but he might be. But, you know, people are on about experience, right? Tell me, what's experience? What, what, what experience has Jeff Hendrick got? Hit a crossbar in a European Championships five years ago. Hasn't done anything since. Conor Harahan doesn't really, doesn't really do much, does he? You know, he's, he's got... What, what experience are we talking about here, lads? There is no experience. The only experience is procrast- pro- procrastination and failure. On the no, but on you can't... You, the level. point is that, that, like, where you come to experience is is they play more games, they play in the Premiership, they're used yeah. to that. They, if, you, if you tactically set them up, they should do the job for you and be more on the ball than... Yeah, but they a, don't. Though. Younger. They don't. No, no, I know that. But like, look, let's let's just for argument's sake, say we get a draw, right? Right. Then I would like against Portugal, right? We get a draw. We're still in contention. I would fully expect him to be a lot more expansive in those other two games, then, because they're the winnable ones. It's two at home. The fans are going to be back there as well. I think that's a real key thing. I, I just hope he goes out on his sword. If he's going to go down, I'm going to get sacked. I hope he goes out on his sword that he's going to be true to himself. I think he will be. I, I think tactically he'll have to get. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking back to the walls with the experienced players, the kind of players who've had more caps than most others will be playing. I think against uh, like the kind of basically team I've been referring to. I think who will go in midfield, for example. And then I expect, like for example, Arthur, I could see coming out if he did play. I don't think he'll play against the other two because I don't think they're kind of be he'll be needed. And I think again on the load thing. We know as well from Roy King famously his interaction with him that he can't he hasn't got that he can't train half the time anyway so I, I don't think he'll play but I wouldn't be surprised if he did play part of it even to come on even I'm looking thinking back to yeah. Austria away when I think was it our right back who Coleman or David Myler came on didn't he really Myler, late yeah. put in a sterling performance there back then you know saw it out for us. Um, you know, doing a job, basically, coming in, doing a job for 20 minutes, seeing out the game with his experience and know-how. And I, I, that's, that's where I think it can happen. But, you know, I, I, like I agree, I, I don't think he can afford to be too experimental in this to be, because he can't turn around and after Portugal beat you 3-0, the press will kill him because they'll say to him, you had a lot more experienced players and you've been torn open. Don't you think this was throwing your young players and throwing the World Cup chance away? You still have a chance. By all means, try and get a result and get a draw would be a brilliant result out there. Let's be honest against Portugal. Then, if he he's got to get it right for the next two games, you know it's three games and he's got to look at. I know they say we want nine points. Realistically, we're not going to get nine points, but six out of this or seven is amazing. And I know that's false optimism again from Ireland fans. I don't know why we expect we're going to get that, but you know I think we should be beating them two at home. Like I still think, even with the expansive player years, I've seen enough in the game so far under Kenny. When we do it with, with our attacking players as well, I think that we we could get results at, in the two home games, and anything else is a bonus against Portugal, to be honest. And I can see how he's gone with the team and, and how he'll set up. And it could be very much like Moscow when we had the, the great result. We could just have one player who could really, you know, Duffy could just be amazing. You know, I can see Duffy doing. Yeah, if it's going to be one, it's going to be him. As I said, lads, you know, when this when this here. Portuguese when this Portuguese team gets frustrated, they they don't fire at all cylinders like people think. Yeah, they don't, and they, and that will be and that, that could be like even all right, Ronaldo. All the hype, like we could we can hope for two things from Ronaldo that he's he's either going to be 
you know, I know he's a top pro and all that kind of stuff, but like he could throw his toys out of the pram. It's been a weird time for him as well. And he's just thinking, I could, you know, we're going to qualify anyway and he could just not be bothered and, you know, nut it off basically. Or, you know, I, I think he, he could just, oh, I'm just hoping he's not going to score against us, to be honest. I'm, I'm clutching at straws here to think what I want from him because my, 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 if, my theory if he's is on that... it, he's going to destroy us. But, but my, he could my... do that against so we we've not we've no one in that team that can put it up to them. That that's my 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 point. I think as I said, I know you guys disagree. I like to see him just go, if he's gonna go out, go out. I I do agree with part of what you're saying there, Martin. It's like go out on your sword, just just go for it. Um, you know, go out on your philosophy, be brave. Um, I don't think, I think he's been... he, he is worried. I think he he's worried about like you got if we're out of it after these three games. Basically, the FAI, who are absolutely skin, and sadly, it does have an impact. Mm. FAI are going to be trying to sell that game in November, and it will just be the Ronaldo show. It's like when Brazil came to Lansdowne years ago. You're selling yeah. it to the, the away team and the superstars, they hope. And Ireland will be begging them to be bringing Ronaldo, because Ronaldo probably doesn't even need to come to that game, because they're, they're practically qualified. That's the problem we're going to have then. The FAI have got no money. And if they get rid of he he's we've got to kind of have something to play for then, um, and to give the fans something to kind of cheer and stuff. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's the problem, and I think I just hope he's going to be true to himself and not give a crap about the pressures he's going to be under under the, you know, look look we're previewing this now. You can all the ex pros will be out now. McAtee will be piping up, I'm sure. They're all going to be on there, and and the mistakes he. Get makes get magnified, and the team he picks, it will just he'll either get a result and it'll be lucky, or we'll get absolutely hammered. And it's Stephen Kenny's not the man for the job. Stephen, we've seen that on the on the Lansdowne Road and Green Machine pages. That when you even put up the most innocent of comments about, oh, do you want to see the squad? Oh, I want to see the manager gone. That's that's the reaction. So there's people wanting him to. There's people still in the FAI, I think, who want him to fail as well. Um, oh yeah, they story so um all right okay well hopefully anyway um hopefully we're wrong but uh if i mean i see three one loss quite frankly um i'd like to see a breath i don't you know i just want to see a really good performance i'd, I'd love to see a win or a draw but i, I see a three one loss myself um nick your predicted score i'd probably go for a three nil i can just see an early portuguese um goal just to to kind of take the wind out and then yeah just a comprehensive win the end I, I look part of me is kind of thinking jesus if we set up correctly if kenny sets him up correctly and doesn't go for any of this three at the back playing seamus coleman as a center half any of that nonsense and if they go as i said if they go for a two banks of four or a bank of four and a bank of five i think we can snatch a nil nil victory <laughs> But otherwise, if he goes for the three at the back approach, then we're looking at a, a comprehensive win for Portugal, like a, a two or three nil comfortable win yeah. for them. Uh, Martin, your prediction? If, if he goes and opens up and tries to play Kenny Ball against them, we'll get absolutely hammered. Um, and I hope he's just going to be cautious, uh, try and nick something on the break. I can see it being one off. One one. Oh, that. okay. Well, I like it. Well, um, if you're still listening uh, to us, uh, we are going to have a basically a live stream, and you can get involved and you can get your opinions out there. You can get, you can have your say. You can tear us apart if you want. Tear, you're going to be tearing 
Kenny apart. Anyway, we'll probably we'll probably win 2-0, probably still have a go with Stephen Kenny about it. Um, but yeah, you know, you have your say, you say what you want, we'll read your comments out. Get involved. It's going to be immediately after uh, the full-time whistle. We're going to be on here. We're going to be live so you can vent or celebrate, depending on the results. So uh, do get involved in that. Uh, before we go, lads, we have to talk about it. Um, so I'm sure you've all watched and those listening have watched the overlap with uh, Gary Neville. If you're not familiar with it, it's basically Gary Neville, with one of his select mates um, who pretty much works for Sky. And then he just walks with him in a field somewhere probably um <laughs> so obviously roy Keane was the latest one and anytime roy Keane speaks the sun shines out of his arse uh for lots and lots of people so uh martin you watched it you, you were loving it weren't you you were really you were... yeah i loved it i think i love roy Keane. i think i get roy Keane as a personality um and I think he's very intelligent and he knows everything he says is going to be picked up on and analysed. And I think there's a lot of calculation between some of the things he says um, often. And I think I love what came through and I think is his humour. That little wry smile he does, he does it often on, on Skype when he says like one of his famous things. I mean, the other viral thing that went through recently was him at the Emirates when Arsenal fans were asking him where Vieira was. I thought that was very funny and he opened up and put his hands down his pocket looking for him. I thought that was very funny. Um, I, I love his confidence though and, and, you know, I think I said to you guys, I said, Jesus, I'd, I'd do anything for just to have a player of his calibre playing for Ireland now. Um, interesting. Oh, yeah, well, you know, as well, yeah. Just just a pure winner and, and that's what he showed through and through. In, uh, I like the honesty of it um, and I'm, I'm kind of using the word honesty you know, revisionist history, basically, because he does see things very, very Roy Keane-like. Uh, <laughs> uh, he has his own interpretation of things went on in the past. It, it was interesting in bringing up Upside Pan um, and the whole Mick McCarthy. And, very and, you selective know, about what you brought up. Yeah, very selective. But then, you know, I, I, I obviously it's fascinating, the whole Side Pan thing. And I, I love the fact, well, you know, you know, and, I, and I, I remember Kilban and him done a kind of thing on, you know, Sports Saturday on BBC a while ago. Um, and, you know, he was saying, well, you were there, you saw it and stuff. And I know we've had snippets from it of, of, of what was said and Dean Kiley's kind of quips and Alan Kelly and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's like, like you, you just, I'd love to just sit every, I'd love to kind of have it as like, um, I'd, I'd love to have a sworn affidavit, basically. Everyone there, you've got to tell us what happened. What do you remember? Because it's getting revised in history and stuff of, you know, Roy said this and this and this. And um, I, I find it still fascinates me, the side plan thing. It's 20 years next year, of course, as well. And it, it's just amazing. I mean, I've read so much of the time about it afterwards, obviously going to the World Cup, exciting time. But it, it, I just think it, it's mad. It, and it's kind of sad in a way that still one of the most interesting parts of Irish football history is that moment when Roy Keane left the, the World Cup and the whole, how that all came about. Um, I mean, every trip, Ireland trip, or even if you meet a non-Ireland fan and you tell them you're, a, you know, any football fan, you say, Ireland, what do you think of Roy Keane that time then? It still was relevant 20 years on, and I think that's incredible and relevant, makes us relevant. Um, I, 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 but again, overall, that overlap, yeah, I'd highly recommend what anybody. I found it fascinating. Um, 
the only thing that made me a bit annoyed, and I know we all spoke about it as well, Roy Keane's profile as a pundit, even he wants to get into management, all of that is very much built on the back of Roy Keane being an, an iconic name, a legend of a footballer, but he's famous like that. And, you know, I, I've met him a few times and every time you're kind of shit scared of him, thinking what his reaction is, if you even dare to look at him or ask him for something. Um, and even people, other people I know have all had that kind of same uh, kind of interaction with him, basically. Yeah. And I, I was disappointed when he kind of says about, oh, um, fans coming up to him and or was, why do they, he doesn't understand why they want photos and stuff like that. When he, when fans don't want, want photos with him, you know, he shows that he's not relevant anymore, basically. Yeah, I, you know, I like Roy Keane as well, but I, you know, I, I've English people coming up to me and are going like, oh, I love how honest he is and you know how he, be. so yeah, but he's selective in his honesty and let's, and, and let, let's be honest about that. You know, he, he goes on about like he's he's talking. I didn't like what you said about Mick, and I think now that is revisionist history. And I think where people forget, uh, obviously that's why I love doing what we do here because you know we bring. I was like, no, no, we're not going to forget about this. This happened, you know. Here, here, look, here's the proof. And I like that, and I don't want that that to ever change. And he never mentions the whole thing. Like he goes on about the U.S. Cup, and what was the comment that he said? Um, Mick McCarthy had to go with him. Oh, your your first first trip away with the lads, disgrace. And he said back to him, first touch, disgrace. Which yeah. is what you know, it's a great quip. But what people don't realise is that Roy Keane held on to that exchange up until Saipan, and probably still now held that against Mick. And he's like, you know, and, and his reason for that was, oh well, you know, he never, well, he, he never spoke to me. Well, what Roy also fails to mention, Roy hardly played with Mick. At that yeah. stage, because Mick was actually had a debilitating back injury, and after World Cup 1990, uh, Mick was, didn't really feature that much because Dave O'Leary came back to the team, if you remember, and he was actually starting with Kevin Moran, a lot of that. So that so he didn't really so he doesn't mention that, and he also he's going on about like he was the captain as well, having a go at a player, a bit out of order because you know he says well why didn't he say to Ronnie Wheel and whatever because you know they're they're senior players. You're you're a young lad. You should know better. Well, not that you should know better, but you know he, he's probably trying to teach him a lesson, I suppose, or whatever. And you know you have in the very same program a few minutes earlier, like Roy Keane having a go about earlier. You know, oh well, these players like and their behaviour is not good enough. It's like, and but when it happens to you though, like you hold a grudge against the manager, and just just things like that. And he he doesn't mention how he walked out in Ireland in '96. Um. He got sent off in Mick's first game. He was given the captain's armband. He didn't show up for Mick's testimonial. Didn't show up for the squad uh, going to the US Cup in '96, where he would have been captain because Andy Towns wouldn't go out. And also, he doesn't mention the fact that he was the he started the whole thing with Saipan. He was the one that gave the interview to Tom Humphreys, RTE, and oh, it was Vincent Hogan as well, mm. where he slated the campaign. But the Humphreys one, instead of going to the Sunday paper, came out um, in the the midweek one, which actually start the whole thing in the first place and he did actually play for Man United um, during that uh, uh, I think the oh, a few yeah, days second leg, leg, yeah. You know, yeah not the best time to bring it up obviously that was poor for Mick but like you know there was valid suspicion you know yourself Martin a lot of people did always question at, for a time like Roy never he wasn't really around for the Euro 96 campaign because of injury and, and, and what not and also Saipan as well just to 
to go on that. He, what people forget is that wasn't for training. That's for acclimatization. I suppose that is a form of training. But the world-class facility was the next day on the plane in, in, in mainland Japan. And uh, the Genesis report, a third party that were brought in to actually go through this and review all this, actually said that Mick's plan to do that. Ireland was, I think, the third fittest team, I think, behind Korea and Japan. Like, we were one of the fittest teams. That's why we kept coming back in the in, in the last minutes of the games. Yeah, I'm one of the youngest as well. I'm one of the youngest. So, like, you know... All oh, right, yes, yeah, so I'm That was just a. Yeah, Roy, so, you know, Roy doesn't mention any of this. You've got to remember, though, Roy, Roy had problems with the whole FAI setup for years, and also more about nutrition and diets and stuff like that. He'd spoken to Mick before about that. If you remember around the time of the holiday, you know, about the Pete, you know, do you think Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank's having cheese, cheese sandwiches and stuff was his. Yeah, but can I come, come in on that, though? Uh, Ray Tracy, may you rest in peace, actually said that all that food was there for Roy. But all the players ate it. That's that's the one in uh, in Amsterdam. And Roy yeah. came down and says, "Where's all the food?" And Ray says, "Well, it's all gone." Oh, I think Taffy Taff said it to him. Taff Evans said, "It's all gone, Roy." Yeah. Like, you, you were you were holed up in your room, so you know. No, he he was a like you got the other thing I think with Roy Keane, which which was interesting. He and he did say, you know, when and, I, and it was interesting. Like I thought it was kind of a not really revelationary, but when he saying about like the, the alcohol thing and how Ferguson addressed that you know like we we have this uh, as a Man United fan and stuff we have this thing of Fergie got rid of all the drinking culture and stuff and all that stuff well that's that's just rubbish we know that didn't stop like, in football it's, it's never stopped it still happens now look at Rooney basically when he was playing like less than five years ago he was always on that yeah. piece, to be honest so players do drink they, they're obviously higher nutrition now in sports science again it kind of helps helps out on that, but I thought that was quite interesting. How he, he actually did come out and say that, and how he hadn't drank for so many years after, well, basically since he did the cruciate and stuff. And yeah. like that, I found that was quite interesting and honest of him. Um, but you know, he like and even I like the fact he said, you know, what you don't think I'm fun now? Like Sky Sports, I think in Carragher, you know, they've all kind of said, what's he like, Roy Keane stuff, and. They were saying, you know, he still went to the Sky Christmas party where they all went drinking around London and he was just drinking tea and telling football stories and stuff. He's uh, he's an interesting character. I thought the other interesting thing on it was bringing up, like, you know, like I said, everything he says, he knows he's saying. Oh, yeah, he's very he smart. It's a big And when he says, you know, there was Ireland players playing for me and, you know, they hardly even played. And, and it basically, he didn't say it, but it was like, he was, you know, saying about Walters and, and Arthur kind of, going on about confronting him or having challenging him, you know, and said how, you know, he was saying like, you know, I monitored his players' career after who I used to clash with and none of them did anything. I mean, he, he was very digging at the Aston Villa players um, who when he was assistant and stuff. I thought it was just, some of it I thought was very, very funny and, and you know, and he, he just is this kind of contrary character who falls out with people and, and sees it his way and you know, like even saying about how he'd, you know, fallen out with, like I know you mentioned Gary Pallister and, uh, you know, and even the funny little thing I thought, uh, there's little bits, of, as, as a United fan, you kind of hear kind of rumours and stuff. And yeah, and he'd had a row with Pallister. Him and Pally were really good mates for years. Even the fact he kind of name dropped Dennis Irwin as like one of his favourite people or something. And he goes, even though he doesn't call me and he lives around the corner. I just found that really funny, to be honest. Yeah, no, he, he is... Um... 
he is very interesting. Uh, Nick, you you, you finally watched watch the day. Did you enjoy it? Did you were you like yeah. Martin? Yeah, no, I, I liked it. I mean, a lot of the stuff. I mean, it's it's been kind of said before. So I mean, a lot of the stuff that that came up in the interview was in his his second book, and um, you know, just heard it in in various kind of interviews and so on. No, I like I like the guys honestly. I mean, sometimes he he says things and there'd be a little bit of hypocrisy in in terms of or a bit of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of um, a contradiction, I suppose, of mm. of maybe something he said in the past in previous interviews or things <laughs> that have been previously documented or whatever, but. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, he's, um, you know, he's just, uh, you know, he's just an enigma of a man, though, isn't he? But I mean, he, he, coming back to kind of the Ireland stuff, even, I mean, it's just, um, it's real damning, uh, damning. You can, you can tell how, how bitter a pill it is for him to swallow, uh, seeing the modern footballer, because I mean, he comes from, you know, the, the whole kind of school of hard knocks. He spoke about kind of his time at Cove, you know, um. You know, going out for pints after games and basically breaking into the first team when he was still a teenager, and you know, being told that he has to toughen up and so on, and um, whether that be with the Ireland underage setup or, or with Brian Clough. So it's it's interesting to see his relationship and his kind of perspective of the modern day footballer, really. And for <laughs> for what he's kind of mentioned, it kind of shows that maybe management would be a very very challenging task for him if he was to go back into it. I I. Sorry to interrupt. That's the funny thing that you go. I find on on some of his stuff, you know, like where he's he has a problem with players coming in and buying a flash car and buying. Like I've heard two stories of him now buying watches when he was a young lad yeah. and spending yeah. money of them, and he kind of forgets that when he said, "Well, that was the trappings of youth when you first started earning money." And, you know, the Alan, Lord rest him, like Alan McLaughlin story of lending him money on that US trip to buy a watch, and then it got nicked, didn't it, from the hotel. Um, you know, but he, and and the money of it, and he said, "Oh, don't tell my dad." Like basically, like oh, that he was buying this watch. I mean, that that's the trappings of youth, as as far as I'm concerned. And yet he can't have, he can't understand now. Someone comes in with a car and stuff. I do love that though that he, he sees there's a focus. The other thing I took away from it, like from a real positive thing, as I always say, I try to be positive. I love the fact he did speak about. Euro 2016 and how what a great experience it was and how he loved it with the Ireland team he loved how he worked and stuff in that I think that was again he doesn't say anything without a little mean and it, it's he, he's kind of trying to keep that little bit of the door open I think for himself that you know if he goes and gets a club job and he does okay with it will we one day be back involved with Ireland somewhere I just think that everything with him is calculated and there's a little bit of a hidden kind of little thing for him in the background well i think when he's turned around he said like oh, i don't network what's networking guys like you're, you're networking now yeah. <laughs> you know, this networking you yeah. cheeky bollocks like yeah he's um he yeah I, I think he's trying to sell himself as a manager again which i think would be just a major no-no um and you know, I, I did find it very interesting when he was saying, oh, you know, it was it was a disgrace that Martin O'Neill got rid of O'Neill the way they did. And they brought in Mick and, uh, you know, the whole Stephen Kenny thing. And you're like, um, do you not remember the last year, Roy, with how shit things were and how glum it was? You know, it, without question, O'Neill had to go. O'Neill should have gone after the 5-1 drubbing. Not because of the 5-1 drubbing, but because his heart clearly wasn't in it after that. And, you know, that's out. But yeah, it's just kind of stuff like that. So, 
I, I, I listen. He's interesting, and if he ever had, does anything like that, or he does an interview, I always like to to, to read them because you know he is an interesting guy. He's very funny. He's very witty. And uh, I say he's cr- great if he's in the mood. He's cracking company to be around. Yeah, you know? big time. But um, dinner. He's one of them. Um, you know, like you can, you know, like when you say, who would you have six dinner guests? Who would you have? He'd, he'd be one of what? them. Yeah, definitely. He'd definitely be one of them. But um, but don't take what he says as gospel, folks. Although I think that's too late for some. <clears throat> um, anyway, so that's it for this review show. Um, our preview show actually, and hopefully our review, our uh, our stream is a happy one. And remember that is immediately after kickoff. Immediately after kickoff, we are going live. I'm slapping the makeup on, not too much because I'm gorgeous. Um, and we're going absolutely live here from London, Dublin, and London. Again, and you can have your say, you can say what you want. We'll read it out, obviously, within reason. Um, but vent your anger if you wish, and we'll read it all out, get involved. Um, I can't, well, uh, either way, I, it's an Ireland match. I'm always looking forward to it anyway. I can't wait for it. And um, yeah, I ju- just bring it on. And as Nick likes to say, come on, you boys in green. <laughs>